0: Okay, so we actually had people who felt a little bit unsatisfied that we did not talk about Jimmy Buffett last week. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were on pins and needles to hear us. I had uh,
1: one guy come up and say something to me at the Jacks game. Another person texted me, and a third person dm me on Twitter, yes, to say, Can't believe you guys didn't talk about Jimmy Buffett. Which I kind of thought, Why? But then I thought, Well, John did spend 15 minutes talking about Bob Barker, <laughs> and a couple of years ago, at least that much time talking about Bob Saget. Oh yeah, so and, absolutely. I
0: know, Betty White, I mean, Christine I McVie, and yeah, yeah, any, yeah. Any, anybody. These people Die yeah, uh, for a part of our childhood. So Bob congratulations!
1: Poulter. Now you've trained our yeah. audience
0: to yeah.
1: to think we'll talk about dead. any any dead celebrity. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. They got to be old celebrities, though. No one expects us to talk about well, you know.
0: Whoever else well it just uh, just depends on who dies I guess because uh, there'd be no other reason to talk about anyone unless they died <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, but I and actually the your answer could have been well we were planning on it just forgot." so I so you because what I was surprised you always me. catch me off
1: guard with your opening to every show which is kind of one of the things I enjoy like yes what's John's curveball that he's going to throw exactly. at the start of every show yeah. yeah
0: yeah so were you expecting buffett last no okay we were running late yeah and, yeah so yeah. I, I, imagine yeah. that yeah. yeah i'll apologize real quickly for the quality i i don't even feel like i have to apologize for the quality of the audio because people might not even notice but they might because it's usually very clear and very high quality which we take great pride in but uh yeah i spent the last half hour figuring out a stupid new i have a great recording idea for, device i have a great now. idea for you john what do that
1: before five minutes, right before that you're gonna. I was the doing
0: show. it. I was doing it a good twenty minutes before. It just uh, took maybe longer. like two days before. You know, maybe the night before. I literally, you know, it's just an idea. <laughs> I literally just went and bought it. Well, it's the same device that we used last week. Like it was just mine. It was just a new one, but apparently, it was one step that uh, screwed up. So whatever. Um, all right. So what would surprise me about Jimmy Buffett was. Uh that he died, even though he's... You can't be too surprised when somebody's 77 and dies, but he seemed like, you know, he was in good shape and still an entrepreneur, still performing his music. Seems to be continuing
1: a recent trend of celebrities not making a big deal out of it. Like, Norm MacDonald did the same thing. He had cancer, and that's yeah. hey, none of your damn business. You right. know, he just died one day. Yeah. Uh, was it um, the actor uh, from the... Uh, uh, superhero movie I don't watch any of the superhero movies um, so I don't know but I remember there was the actor a couple years ago who uh, died suddenly at a fairly young age like yeah he was ill so well, why didn't you tell anybody because it's none of your business right. you didn't have to tell anybody right. and it sounded like Jimmy Buffett did the same thing that he was battling skin skin cancer there's a surprise right for <laughs> yes. Jimmy Buffett who's lived his life on the beach whatnot but uh, I was pretty sad I was bummed you know I, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a parrot head Although I lived with one for eight years and, um, had always been a Jimmy Buffett fan. That was like, it's so funny to me that his most well-known album is called Songs You Know By Heart because that was probably the first album that I, as a kid, memorized all the songs because my parents listened to it so much. Okay. You know, um, so, so yeah, that was one of those little nostalgic, like, ah, you know, sort of things when I heard about that, um because I also have always liked Jimmy Buffett because he's got this reputation for being this like beach bum character, you know, the Kenny Chesney sort of thing, and I fucking hate Kenny Chesney, but uh, Jimmy Buffett's talented, you know, like an amazing writer, and as a writer myself, I've always greatly admired his his writing more so than the, oh, he likes to drink margaritas and, you know, wear a lei everywhere he goes, you know,
0: so, so yeah, I was bummed. I... It's interesting you say that writer part because the, I'm sure there are some music critics and snobs who think it's all simpl- simplistic escapism is what I've always read and that what I did read. I think read. most
1: people who are even remotely tuned in are pretty aware of how talented of a writer he is. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. I and mean, he wrote best-selling books too yeah. on top of it. Yeah. You know?
0: I thought so, but what did I know? But I, yeah, I thought even in the songs you know by heart, which by, that's my extent, that's the only Buffett album I've much, ever had. Yeah. I know those a few the, random ones here and there. Yeah, but, those yeah. are the only Buffett songs I've ever known uh-huh. because because he, he is kind of one of those guys where I'm kind of like, you. I'm not a Parrot Head, but I really like some of those songs. They're perfect for certain occasions, <laughs> usually laying out on the beach. Uh, laying out on your deck and closing your eyes and pretending you're at the beach. Right. That's what I did on Saturday. Eventually that afternoon is uh, is it's like oh I could go to a lake, I could go to a pool, I could go to wild water. Why don't I just sit on my own damn deck, <laughs> close my eyes, and I'm there. <laughs> and I did. And after a couple of drinks, you really don't care if you're at a pool or uh-huh. a body of water. And but and partly is because Jimmy is transporting you there, which uh, that's that's was my thought and that was my Facebook post is uh, I, I think it's it's good music to enhance your mood or to have the right vibe if you're on vacation or just have an I, afternoon off I also think it's great when you're in a bad mood when you're in a sad mood it's hard not to feel good after putting on a little Buffet
1: the only thing I can't do with Jimmy Buffett, I can't listen to him in the winter I just can't not because it's like inappropriate or like doesn't work like it just reminds me that I'm not Doing that, mm. you know, like, like, hey, it's twenty below out, and there's three feet of snow on the ground. I don't want to think about the margaritas. I'm not drinking. I don't want to think about not being. Well, on the yourself boat. some fucking
0: margaritas. Well, you could
1: drink the margarita, but it's more the weather. Like, I'd like to be in a boat right now.
0: Yeah, know? I can see that. Like, I go. I go the opposite way. I sometimes if that I'm makes do- sense. I just can't do if that. If I'm doing yeah. work at home, I'll I'll uh, turn. It's a dead of winter. I'll actually turn on sometimes a TV if I'm working downstairs on my t- big TV in the living room or the littler TV in my little office uh, to turn on not necessarily Jimmy Buffett, but like sounds, ocean waves and sounds of the island and Caribbean music. <laughs> uh-huh. And they've always got like a nice, uh, you yeah. know, like a beachfront there. It's like you're. I know, but then you have your on top perso- of the, the lyrics about. You know, boat
1: drinks or a cheeseburger in paradise, and I just well, yeah, and you know, yeah. oh, why am I not there right now? Why do I live
0: in <laughs> South Dakota? So you, d- so you did it. You you listened to it on your
1: way. We went to the lake the weekend he died, to the lake. and yeah, it was on repeat the entire, the entire weekend. It was because, yeah. like I said, the, our whole family has literally knows those songs by heart. Yeah. So it was, uh, I don't want to say emotional, but it was like, oh man, Jimmy Buffett, yeah, like, dude. Well, I, as I said. Uh, Steph tagged me in her Facebook post because it was a my ex girlfriend Steph obsessed with Jimmy Buffett. We went to a show together, and when he died, she posted some on Facebook, and tagged me in about how we had, we got to see him, or she's seen him thirty times. She took me to 38, see him. Thirty eight, I think. Yeah, she took me to see him when he opened for the Eagles at Target Field a few years ago, and uh, I was obviously much more excited about seeing Jimmy Buffett than I was the Eagles, but. Um, I I replied to Steph on that Facebook post I just said Jimmy Buffett kind of to me is like like Keith Richards one of those celebrities like you can't die like Jimmy Buffett shouldn't have to die (laughs) he should get to live forever you know I read uh, something about him the day he died where he said someone asked him like how he developed this persona this lifestyle that he had and he was like I think he said it was Jerry Jeff Walker took him to Key West in Florida and he was down there and he was like this I like just realized like this has to be my life I have to live here and this is what like my entire life has to has to be this now I just have to figure out a way to do that to make that happen you know and so it was almost like he did the I like I love this lifestyle first I guess I'll become a a musician so that I can you know have the money and time and ever to live that lifestyle and I admire that quite a bit to be able to say yeah. this is what I want to do, and here's how I'm going to find a way to do it. This
0: is who I am. Yeah, I, w- I went down the rabbit hole and watched a few videos and some interviews, and maybe unlike some artists, some entertainers, he's he's exactly who you thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Like he was just the most ca- just the most casual guy, always mm-hmm. smiling, always relaxed, and not apologizing or. Pretending to be, or, or really defending himself. I think he at times, in one of the interviews he said, I do work hard. I mean, the mm. guy clearly was a big entrepreneur and that doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. I'm sure he had a lot of help and people who saw dollar signs. And it, it he bugged, probably didn't it have It bugged to me when he cut his hair and
1: shaved off his mustache. I like to think of Jimmy Buffett as the beach bum yeah. with the shaggy blonde hair yeah. and the push broom mustache. And then later in life he became this clean cut, clean shaven guy. But I get it. It was probably because he's like, you know, became this businessman. He's like, I can't be walking around in a Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts all the time. But um, we buried the lead again here. Same with Bob Barker. Jimmy Buffett has a South Dakota connection. He lived in Brookings for a couple years. That was
0: brought to my attention. Yeah. He
1: wrote about it in his book. I've read his book. The book is called The Pirate Looks at 50, okay. written a few years later. All right. And uh, yeah, when he was trying to like figure out what he wanted to do, he lived in Brookings for a while.
0: Them. and uh by, but with all due respect to Brookings I think it's a nice town what the hell was he doing there he was just kind of
1: trying to figure out what he wanted to do and but if you I, could do that you could try to figure out what you're going to do anywhere he had no connection I think if I remember correctly he kind of said he was attracted to the idea of the great plains these great expanses of, of nothingness sort of but anyway he was there during a tornado and he was like that's it I'm out
0: yeah, like <laughs> left the next day and has never been back. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I would love to get to the bottom of that. Uh, good so good book do you recommend the book? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he and he wrote it. It wasn't uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you can tell he's it was, written fiction you books. Tell it was in his that's like books. his autobiography,
1: but he's written fiction books too. do
0: uh, so you have a favorite song? Do you have a favorite Buffett
1: song? Um yeah, I mean all of them. The the great thing about that uh, Songs You Know By Heart is it's a Greatest Hits album yeah. but it kind of plays like a like an album you yes. know like a cohesive piece it does uh, my favorite is probably Pencil Thin Mustache okay I just like the the writing of that The yeah. it's, it's almost like an earlier version of that god awful Billy Joel song uh, We Didn't Start the Fire where he drops in all these pop culture references yeah. Yeah. except Jimmy Buffett's yeah. talking about stuff from like the late 50s and early 60s that like I remember at one point Like going on Google and like googling who are all these people he's talking about? Who's Andy Devine? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Blackie, yeah, Boston Blackie style. Ricky, I knew who Ricky Ricardo was, but but yeah, the whole song is just him talking about his childhood, which everyone does that now. Nostalgia is like its own thing now, but that was I think a little more original. The other thing is I realized later he wrote that when he was like 25, and it feels like you know a 50 year old. Now I'm getting old. Don't wear underwear. Yeah. I don't go to church and I don't cut my hair. Yeah. It's probably my favorite I, yeah. lyric of his. That but. is a
0: cute, uh, <clears throat> it's a cute song. It's Because it kind of... That
1: one's probably my favorite.
0: It, yeah, it kind of <sighs> kind of dotes along and it's very cheeky and It's, uh, it's very rhythmic. writerly. That's why I like it. Yes. It, yeah, it is. Because it's very beat, rhythmic. you can't beat Margaritaville and Boat Drinks
1: and Come Monday and right. Pirate Looks at 40 is probably his best song. His in best my, in song. my opinion. In why my is opinion. it his best song? It, again, the writing is phenomenal. I think... Bob Dylan covered that one. I mean, if, if Bob Dylan's covering your songs, it's probably pretty well yeah. written.
0: Um, it's it's almost like we have to skim past Margaritaville, but it, that that pretty much defined the. It's pretty it's pretty obvious why that became his big song because it was it's kind of, it's the anthem, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of the anthem of his whole thing. Um, and to me, to me, Margaritaville feels like it's right up there with uh, Sweet Caroline. Or living on a prayer. That if you're in a bar and it plays, and I'm not talking about car- somebody's doing it for karaoke. Like Where's just, the soul? Where yeah, it, it, I hate that I hear that now every time. I <laughs> I do too. But it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, you can't avoid uh, it. Once you've been at karaoke once. I mean, I can Again, we can yeah. get get our our listener feedback. I can't think of too many songs besides Sweet Caroline, Margaritaville, Living on a Prayer, where everybody's just. People, Piano everybody man, in the maybe. bar hears it, and everybody is going to at least um, yell some of the chorus. The lyrics are a part of it, uh, like so good, so good in "Sweet yeah. Caroline." Um, I, you know, how I knew my aunt Becky was cool. My aunt Becky, my mom's sister, who was uh, really lo- was is still alive, lovely lady. Uh, but all I knew her was, was as a mom and an aunt, and uh, and now you know she's in her seventies and she's an older lady. Sweetheart, but I never really thought, like, oh, Becky parties. She's kind of a churchy person, mm-hmm. mostly a teetotaler. <laughs> uh, and because uh, at one point, someday, uh, we were, back when I had hair, it must have been back when I had hair, we were talking about, like, I needed something to, to style my <laughs> hair, and I was, like, out of it. I didn't bring it to her house or whatever, and... Uh, I was having a hair emergency, and she's just like, well, you could use some Brill Cream. <laughs> a little dab a little dabble do you? And she said a little dab, like, she beat me to the punch. I was going to say <laughs> a little dabble, do you. <laughs> I was like, all right, Aunt Becky." Was, that came out of nowhere. She listens to a little Jimmy Buffett. All right. Okay, so speaking of Brookings, uh, I'll just let's, let's, let's cut right to it. I, you've written a couple columns from the big game, the Jacks win over Montana State. Uh, lots riding on it, and now it's in the Jack's favor. They got yeah. they got that out of the way. That mile post uh, dividends to be paid later on if they can run the table and uh, they could everything can go through Brookings again on their way to Frisco. But all right, was that uh, was that the right call? The deciding call was that the right call. That's Did a, you see it? it? Yes. What do you think? I don't know. I didn't see it. You just said you saw <laughs> it. <was just, laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched it. I've read about it. Uh, all right. I haven't seen it. Uh, well, now you make me want to watch your phone and see it. As I wrote, um, I'll see if I can find yeah, show at it. Yeah, I can show, find the screenshots that I put By in By the way, phone. and just to preference this, I was working a football game that night as well. I was doing the it's Howard fine, Woodfield yeah. doubleheader um, high school football. In real time. I'm just letting other people know this. I know you don't care. In real time, it looked like this
1: guy's scrolling. Yeah. Down. Okay. Like, yeah, I think that might be a touchdown. And plus, at first you're just thinking, regardless of the call, how do you let that happen again? You know, it wasn't quite a Hail Mary, but geez. Um, and you're like, wow, they lost in front of this sellout crowd, and they it happened again. And then they showed the replay, and the first look, to me, he looked well out of bounds. Is like, there a video oh, here? Or you no, sh- I just told you. It's a screenshot only. Okay. Um, hey! There's And there's multiple screenshots out there. Some of them that look like, oh, geez, of course, the ones being posted mostly by Montana State fans saying, look, look, his feet are in bounds. By the time he had possession of the ball, he'd taken a couple steps. It looked to me like both of his feet were out of bounds, outside the end zone. Um, And then, as you see in the second photo, it sure looks like he's well past the line of scrimmage as well. Now, uh, someone brought to my attention a, a rule written that says his entire body has to be fully past the line of scrimmage for it to be a penalty, which seems odd to me. But if that's the rule, then I guess you could make a case that he wasn't behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I I don't know. Um, It was just hard to look at it and go, is that a touchdown between the quarterback being that far across the line and, and the receiver not getting, again, appeared, didn't get his feet down. But on the flip side of it, the compelling argument on the other side is there's not enough to overturn. You know, we often hear about, like, yeah, it's, it's debatable, but if it's debatable, aren't you supposed to just sort of stick with the original call? And so you had some people from Montana kind of going, ah, there's not enough to overturn here. And I'm sitting there in the press box going, the Jacks are the number one team in the nation. They're the defending national champions. They're at home. There's 19,000 kicking, screaming fans in here right now. Are the refs really going to come out there and go, yeah, it's a touchdown. I don't think they are. I think they're going to overturn it because it seems to me, in, in my somewhat objective, somewhat biased opinion, 70-ish percent no catch, maybe more, in my opinion. See, I just, I think they're, I don't think it's going to stand. And that's what they decided. You know, people celebrate whatever the Jacks win. People from Montana State are pissed. Jacks fans are like, who's obvious? Who's obvious? Well... There's really, no such, there's really no such thing as obvious anymore. Right. Um, and then, interestingly enough, as I'm leaving the field, i got to kind of cut through the field to get to where the postgame press conference is, right outside the Jacks' locker room, and Hendo's standing out there, Eric Henderson, the men's basketball coach. And he sees me walk over and he goes, what would you think? I was like, I don't know. And we're kind of going back and forth, and I said, I'll put it this way, and this is what I wrote. I go, if it was in Montana... I bet it would have stood. But because it was here, it got overturned. And Hendo kind of nodded. He's like, yeah, I bet you're right. Because we all know that's not saying that refs are you know, biased or, or whatever. It's just a little bit human nature. It's a little bit the nature of home field advantage, what have you. Um, I'm not trying to cast dispersions on those officials or any officials by saying that. That's just kind of my take, that if it was in Bo- Bozeman,
0: they would have ruled it a touchdown, and since it was in Brookings, they ruled it incomplete. That was going to be my next question, and yeah. you just answered it. It would, and I've I've thought about that a million times because we've all been to sporting events where this kind of thing happens, and you try I try to put myself in the ref's shoes, and how can you not be a human being and think to yourself again, especially if it's a call in already in favor of the home team. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, 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 to be a fly on the wall in some of their discussions about are they going to overturn or not what they see, I wonder if they can just look each other in the eye and they can have that nonverbal communication like we're not we're really, not doing this we're not doing this yeah like you know almost like a head nod like yeah you know what to was, do here right I mean <laughs> he was in bounds right, right, yeah, right yeah yeah right, yeah or right. not in bounds whatever right um, I'm I'm with you I can't it's. And look, now we can bring this back to because oh, I know you wrote about this. I think it was today as well. I read it today about how you know it could have never come down to that for Montana State had they not had all these you know, their nine false starts mm-hmm. and all the, and all their other mistakes. But I <laughs> that, that happens in every game that comes down to one play or one controversial call, and, and, and I. Yes, you can. You could go back to a million plays, and if it would have gone this differently or that differently, a, a play in the second quarter is just as big as a play, the very last play <laughs> of the game, or a ref's call. But I, but I don't, I don't prescribe to that. It is two extremely evenly matched teams in a m- huge game. It's supposed to be close. What was the spread? I mean, what was the spread for? This uh, I game? think the Jacks were seven point favorites. Really? Okay. I mean, okay. Well, that kind of debunks my point. But like, but I mean, it was it was so. Spread or anything. It was supposed to be a really close game, and when that happens throughout, the, especially an early season game, especially in an imperfect sport like football, where there's 150 plus plays, uh, there's going to be a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that happen, and a bad call here and a bad call there, uh, a blown assignment here. Earlier, in the, it's going to come down to a, it's going to come down to something at the very last second, and to me, that makes that still means it. Makes that last call yes. loom larger. Yes, what you're of course. Yeah. Yeah, like you can I, I, I'm not like, oh, could. They could have. I know, don't
1: disagree with you. Have, you didn't I, have to come I, down I, to this. And. I respected a lot, and I tweeted this: how Brent Vegan, the Montana State coach, almost didn't even have an opinion on the play at the end. You know, I nobody asked him about it. And I'm kind of like, is anyone going to ask him? I mean, Spurrier's coverage is almost over. <laughs> So I was like, were there Montana people there? There were, and uh, so finally I was like, what'd you, "What'd you think? You know, what?" And he and he just goes, "Ah, eh, you know." You could tell he was like, "Dude, that's you know, whatever." Wish they called it a touchdown. I was hoping they'd keep keep the call. They didn't, and went right into you know we had nine false starts. Right, we were in the red zone and didn't score. You know, they blocked a punt and recovered it at the one yard line and only got three points out of it. You know, that that can't happen right. on the road against yeah. the number one team in the nation. Yeah. You know, that's you got it. You know.
0: I play. I play that game too. As a Husker fan, trust me, there have been a lot of these. Where the Huskers lose a close game. Not this past Saturday, where I go. Well, I mean, I'm if, just if, saying. If only they how... didn't shit all over themselves at this other point in the game. And, and coaches. By the, and the coaches, like ve- most coaches, think like Vegan does because when you lose, when the result but is a not loss, always,
1: but they're not always genuine when they say that. And that's how I was, okay. you can tell when a coach is kind of like, Well, I'm just saying this because it's sort of what I'm supposed to say. We had lots of other opportunities to win the game, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You can see on his face, like, but I still want to murder someone over that call at the end. You know? Vegan was not. Like, it was so... Just how dismissive he was of the question. Just like, what? What? (laughs) That's the least of my worries. You know? He was very sincere. I, I believed him, and that was why I was kind of struck by, wow, like, he's not making it about that thing. He's much more like... You did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. That's why you lost.
0: Yeah. They, well, a lot A lot of coaches, if it's a loss, go, love to go right back to, in their own minds, why they lost and mm-hmm. and, and single it out. It's, it's crazy their, about qu- sports. One of their quarterbacks got hurt again, second time in a row. They have
1: this two-quarterback platoon. Chambers got hurt last time. This time it was Malott. Now, you know, on the other hand, well, that's what's going to happen when you run your quarterbacks 30 times a game. They're going to get hurt. Yeah. Um... It was, uh, I I didn't think, and I had this conversation with some other people there, I didn't think either team looked very good. Um, The Jacks' offense was terrible in the first half. Their defense wasn't very good in the second half. They gave up 200-some rushing yards. That's obviously not like them. Uh, Jimmy Rogers was, you know, willing to admit that, yeah, our D-line didn't play well enough. Well, you know, we can't get up many rushing yards. But I was a little surprised at how, you know, he, because, in the second half they're just like hi we're running it with chambers everyone knew it was coming third and 10 and he gets nine yards like what are you doing and jimmy was like well we can't just play cover zero all game i don't know why not stop the run dude like they're just running over you Uh, i talked to a former jacks player after the game who played defensive line and he was like jeez that was that was not encouraging you know that's um but you know um, they have time to fix that. They again, They won the game. That's all that matters. You know. You know. It's one of those games. You take a win any way you can get it. And I do think playing a Division two team the week before, having it just be a freaking scrimmage essentially, did not do them any favors. That is, I don't care what coaches say about every opponent. It's hard to go from you know a tune up game against a D two team, not even an especially good D two team to a national championship contender and Montana State was dealing with that a little bit too Mm -hmm. they had an easy game in their first game so I think that's why both teams kind of didn't look all that great you know they had a patsy last week all of a sudden you gotta go from you gotta go from zero to ten you know not zero to ten but you know what I mean
0: you know and and I am not surprised that the game was kind of sloppy based on that okay did either team make the other team look sloppy? Can you make the case? Because when you say they both look sloppy, that, um, you're mostly talking offense, I mean, right? both Maybe. both teams
1: talked about how they beat themselves. I mean, the yeah. Jacks had some... The Jacks got a... Uh, Montana State got the ball first. The Jacks get a three and out on defense. They get the ball. They're moving. They get a couple first downs right off the bat. It's looking good. Gronowski fumbles. Unforced fumble. Just, like, hit, hit his own leg with the ball or something, popped out. And for whatever reason, it just seemed like they... Almost like they were pouting or something. I mean, the first five minutes looked great, and then they just went to sleep for the whole rest of the first half. And they were really lucky to only be down ten nothing at halftime. Hmm. And Mark Gronowski said after the game, "like we were beating ourselves." You know, like you said, people like to say that. Obviously, Montana State, with all those penalties, they did a lot to beat themselves. Jax had some other penalties. Um, Yeah, I you know from a like X's and O's or personnel standpoint, I think the only real I'm not worried about Mark Gronowski I'm not worried about the offense. Uh, it, they came out in the second half, looked pretty good. Amar Johnson and Isaiah Davis got going. Mark got a little sharper. Again, the running the running game, the success Montana State had running the ball against the Jacks. To me that's the concern. Now you're gonna get Adam Bach back pretty soon. Um, but that D line that was just so, so good last year, just didn't have a great game. And I think if you're the Jacks, you just hope that that's all it was. It just wasn't a great game and that they can fix that.
0: Or the best, te- or the, maybe the best team they'll face. Maybe. But, I mean,
1: guess what? North Dakota State's pretty good at running the ball. Too. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. they're okay. Yeah. yeah. They do
0: that kind of well. Well, Drake, Target Field, Saturday. Are you more excited about this than if you would have gone to Skull Stadium like North Dakota State did?
1: <laughs> um, either one would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, I don't think it's going to be much of a game. Obviously, Drake just lost to an NAIA team. Cool. Um, so Which one? Northwestern from nearby. Okay. Yeah. So so that tells you where they're at as a program. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but, you know. I mean, off, Northwestern's always really good. But, yes, I mean,
1: it is a good NAIA program.
0: It's Great still, NAIA program.
1: Still, that's not good. Yeah. Um, but it'll be fun. You know, <laughs> Zach Borg got Jimmy to crack a smile today when he asked him about his baseball career and if if he was going to go out before the game and do a Tom Berenger in Major League and do a yeah. fake you know, walk-off yeah. home run type thing and Jimmy laughed, but unbeknownst to us, I don't think, Jimmy said he almost that baseball was his first sport and he almost chose baseball over football coming out of high school and so he does have a little bit of an appreciation for that coming out there, I know Mark Gronowski was a great baseball player, I'm pretty sure Griffin Wildy played baseball, i Dozens of guys on the team I'm sure were really good Baseball players So uh, And I've, I've had some other Players tell me uh, They've never been to A Major League Baseball Stadium before mm. You know So the chance to go do that And you know I don't know if they get To use the dugout As a locker room Or how any of that's Going to work But but you've been there Target Field's a beautiful Stadium And mm-hmm. the weather's Going to be nice And um, I don't know What the crowd's Going to be um, I know when they Announced the game A lot of people Were saying Oh 30,000 would be great Sounding to me like Maybe twenty thousand is A more realistic number but a lot of students are going to come, from what they it sounds like. There's going to be all sorts of alumni tailgate events going on. So uh, regardless of how ugly the game is or isn't, I'm hoping it'll just be a fun, memorable day. Because it's, you know, this essentially is replacing their FBS game that they would normally have. It's cool for the Jacks to get to go play Nebraska or Minnesota or Iowa. If that's not an, on the table... This seems like a pretty good alternative.
0: Whose home game was
1: this to be? The
0: Jags. Okay. Yeah. All right. It, it will be very interesting to see how many people go. And they're, I'm, I'm glad so many people are excited to go to downtown Minneapolis and, yeah. you know. Yeah, because apparently worried it's the about scariest getting, place on earth. Aren't yeah. worried about getting mugged. Or, well, it's not going to be at night, Matt, so it's, everything's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah, they're not going to be That's when very, all the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 we'll leave it at that. Yeah, um, yeah. It, so, through two games, still kind of hard to tell what this team is because you had two extremely different barometers, right? And some truths are somewhere in the middle. And you know what I mean? Like, is it. A, yeah. Is this better or worse than you thought it'd be? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. And that's jury's why. I, still
1: out? And again, like I said, going from that cupcake first game to this tough one makes it tough to assess. Um, Now they're going to have another easy game. Then they have a bye week. And then they come back and have North Dakota at home. And North Dakota's pretty good. So, uh, you know, I'm guessing that, I shouldn't say I'm guessing, I wonder if Jimmy won't allow his team to put the screws to Drake a little harder than they did to Western Oregon. Not anything, you know, I'm not suggesting he's going to run up the score or anything like that, but it felt in the Western Oregon game like they did kind of make an effort to take it easy on him. And maybe this sounds like, hey, sorry, Drake, but we've got to kind of get our shit together here. Yeah. And if that means scoring sixty-five points against you, then so be
0: it. Yeah. No. All right. So that was a night game. Did you get? Did you give yourself a chance to watch Coach Prime's team at eleven a.m. Yeah, against your beloved I Huskers? I did. I did. Um, it I, went.
1: It went about how I expected. You know, I didn't think uh, Nebraska was going to win. Um, I jokingly tweeted on that morning that it was going to be 102 to nothing. I didn't think it'd be quite that bad, but then, you know, Nebraska hung with them for a while because their defense, I guess, is at least competitive.
0: I'd say I'd venture to say Nebraska was the better team, or it was a pretty even draw for almost the entire first half. It, when Nebraska was controlling and it was, what, the game. Nothing? Nebraska was controlling the game, and quarterback Jeff Sims just kept fucking fumbling. He mm. fumbled snaps. That was it. He fumbled snaps. And they took advantage of it, but it was—I uh, mean, until it was zero-zero until about the four-minute mark yep. of the first half, and uh, even at the even Sims scored it. He, the one thing he can do is the quarterback run. He scored a 50, 60 yarder mm-hmm. to open the second half. It was thirteen-seven a few minutes into the second half, and then once he he fumbled her through a pick again, that was like at some point, Nebraska defense was holding up spectacularly against mm-hmm. Colorado, which you know flew all over the field. At TCU TCU. the week before with all these four supposedly four- and five-star guys, these unstoppable guys, it was really encouraging. But, like, at some point you turn it over, you give the other team the ball three times and they have a good offense, well, guess what's going to happen? I mean, they're going to break the game open, and they did. And then they broke it wide open to make it look like a rout. So, um, I mean, I, I, I could go the Husker way on this. I'm just curious on what you make of the uh, of the whole Deion Sanders thing at Colorado. That's the bigger oh. story here because the, the the nation is watching him. Yep. Completely o- turned an entirely new roster. A lot of people are cheering for him. A lot of people are cheering against him. Uh, I think it's fascinating. Yep. And it was fascinating to see Nebraska, who is the exact opposite. Matt Rule, that was another part of this game, was... Nebraska's new coach was just asked. He was asked. A, he didn't go out of his way to make a statement, but he was asked back in the spring, like, "Why are you building mostly with the roster you inherited, which was a shitty? I mean, it was a shitty team. I don't know if it was a shitty roster, but it was a bad team. And uh, I mean, he brought he brought in a new quarterback, a few new parts, mostly the same roster. And he just. And he, I can't remember exactly what he said, but this is just this is how I'd like to do it. I have confidence in these guys here. We're going to slow roll this thing and. Um, that's just not how I operate. When he says that's not just how I operate, you know, he, he was pointing toward Deion Sanders, completely overturned his roster and sent a bunch of kids away somewhere else, treating it like a pro operation, mm-hmm. uh, which it is, which college football is at that level. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't point out, he didn't specifically reference Deion Sanders. It, Of course, Dion just turned it right back into, it's personal. He used that word over and over again. This is personal, this is personal, this is personal. Um, And again, Nebraska held its own for a while with a little lesser talent, a lesser quarterback, some lesser athletes in key spots. Um, But I couldn't help but watch with a little envy. Uh, And um, there's part of me that is kind of rooting for Dion in this thing, just because a lot of people aren't. Because he's just—he's made it full blown. Like this is modern college football. Uh-huh. I can do this, and I'm gonna do this. Uh-huh. Fuck you. And uh, I don't take any—that doesn't mean I don't take pride in whatever rule's trying to do, or we'll be thrilled to see Nebraska mm-hmm. do it the rule way if if, if, it, if it works. works. Yeah. Um, there's something. There's some pride to take in that. Good for him. All right, go ahead. You—you you tell me what you thought of this. Um, show. I. I was always kind of a Deion
1: Sanders fan. I mean, we're old enough that we saw him play. We're old yeah. enough we saw him play in college. Um, if you had told us when we were younger that someday he was going to be a successful college coach, that probably would have seemed wild, Yeah. just knowing the culture of college football. But that's part of why I'm rooting for him. Yes, me you too. Um, I think it's great that a young black guy who... Uh, by by know, the way, was, he's not even young. He's like 50. But I know, <laughs> You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, he seems um, young. But yes. maybe even just a more a, a modern guy is maybe a better way to put it. Yeah, um, he it was is. so anti-establishment as a player. Yeah. you know, you remember the Neon Dion because that was his first nickname before oh, Prime. Yeah. It was Neon Dion. Oh yeah, the dancing, the sunglasses, the Jerry yeah. curl, all that. That when
0: he was at Florida State yes. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, he was a extremely controversial character because you know so many people were like,
0: "This guy's got to be quiet." He's he's all so, about him, and he's, he's all, all about, about himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, And I, you know, college football is, to its credit, trying so hard to get more black coaches, more young coaches, more trying to, when I use the word diversity, it doesn't just mean more black coaches. You know, it means a different kind of coach from just the standard Bobby Bowden, Joe Paterno, you know, all those guys that we've seen over and over again. And they don't all work. And to see Deion come in and be Deion Sanders as a college football coach... I can't help but root for that, yeah. and he's making it work. And I'm glad that players see that and go, "I want to be a part of that." I'm glad that he's building interest in Colorado, a program that by all means should be a great college football program. Who wouldn't want to go play football in Colorado? You know, and they've been terrible for all this. Right. You know, and I saw an article today where Dion was like, "Our phones ringing off the hook. We can't even keep up with all the people who want to come here." I, I don't doubt it. Yeah, you know, he's got an amazing thing going there. Having said all that. Um, It is a little troubling is the word I'll use. The idea of, oh, you just walk in and cut everybody. You know, you you bring a kid in, offer him a scholarship. You know, I'm not saying it's like a set in stone for four years and it always should be no matter what. But, you know, like I said, it's a little troubling what he did. And it's a little troubling to think, knowing how copycat sports are, are we going to see a bunch of other coaches do that now too? And say, well, hey, if I don't like something, I can just blow up the roster and start all over. I mean... With the transfer portal being what it is now, I mean, we're not that far away from that kind of college-free agency or whatever anyway, and it's kind of one of those things where the toothpaste is out of the tube, you know, what are you going to do about it? So it's, a, I guess, a small concern. I, you know, I think a lot of the people who are saying that, who are wringing their hands over Dion Sanders and what he did, I think they're just, to some extent, trying to look for reasons to to be anti dion looking for yeah. reasons to, well, he's not good for college football because this, 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 or this. I think he's good for college football, and uh, I don't know if he's going to be at Colorado for a long time. If he's going to flame out, go so, you know, move up, whatever. Uh, I thought what he did for Jackson State was great for Jackson yeah. State, was great for HBCU football. Absolutely. Now he's moving it up to the next level. Um, and you know, he's a polarizing guy, and so, like I'm sure you saw his press conference where he's like going after the media and everything, and after the TCU and yes. yes, and there are a lot of reporters getting all mad about that, and you know. <sighs> There was a part of me that's like, Dion, you look kind of foolish doing this. Like, mm-hmm. let it go. Yeah. Uh, but also, there's a part of, you know, like, hey, you know, I kind of like it when people clap back at the media once in a while, you know? And it was it was weird in that case, because he went after Ed Werder, who was like, I've never even written anything about you. Like, Dion made a mistake. He was going after the wrong guy or whatever. But, yeah. um, I, you know, there's part of me that enjoys that, too, even as someone who's in the media. Yeah. You know, if I write something, which... I generally haven't done but saying you suck you're not gonna make it and then and then that guy wins yeah you know be ready for some some blowback well
0: there's there's part of me that agrees to that there's part of me that was like that was one game. That right. was one fucking game, dude. Well, but TCU the, you know they were terrible. huge underdogs. ranked they team. Were, you know they were. He was kind of acting like he had conquered the world in one game. And, in some ways, and, he had though. Just to win that game, they were they were one in
1: ten last year. Yes, and they beat a ranked team in their yeah. first game. His son, who people's, oh, it's nepotism, or he's not that
0: good, or uh, threw for five hundred yards, or yeah. whatever. I mean, it was it was, it was quite clear. Because uh, my uncle's a huge Husker fan, he's much more. Rose-colored glasses, drinking the Kool-Aid than I am. I'm I'm always the Debbie Downer, uh-huh. truth serum, uh, and he hates that. We have a lot of fun little text fights about it. But you know, he didn't watch the Colorado game. I watched the whole thing mesmerized by all of it. They're like, wow, this, these guys are really fucking good. Like, everybody wanted to tune in to see, everyone kind of tuned in to see this blow up in Dion's face game one at TCU, and it was the exact opposite. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how good TCU is, but these are some legit fucking yeah. football yeah. players. Yeah. They've got like four or five incredible horses. They're going to be pros, and like, they're great right away. And apparently, you know, you dig a little deeper, he hired a really good coaching staff. Like, they're coached well. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much chemistry and organization they have when you look at a team like nebraska that's just shitting all over themselves like they always did with a new coach and a new staff and new systems colorado looks at first two weeks like a pretty polished football operation to go beyond just the, the shine on dion and everything that he does and says and i told my uncle uh, he because he's like there's because he was just riding the whole wagon of um, I didn't see it, but I I didn't see that TCU game, and it, you know I still I just still can't believe they're going to be that good next. I'm like, Nebraska, Nebraska stopped Nebraska had Minnesota to 55 rushing yards, and that's what Minnesota is good at. And this is def- like Jeff. I I'm, I I don't know how they're going to match you up. I watched the players that Colorado had. I'm telling you, these guys are. I can It's gonna. I have a hard time not seeing them light Nebraska or most teams they play up, and and. Speaking for Nebraska, it's rather impressive the Huskers held them scoreless for almost an entire half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually, they came out to play. Once Nebraska kept giving them the ball over again, so I don't want to turn this into a Husker discussion. I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of people, including yourself, kind of love to and still enjoy watching Nebraska continue to to burn in flames. There's I most, been I more enjoy their fans. Delusions of grandeur being dashed
1: than I do yeah. the actual Huskers losing, and you know
0: me, I don't really have those. No, you don't. And uh, I, I, and a lot of reasonable people have said this feels like a six and six year, and a lot of reasonable the Huskers. Yes. Well, that would be a step up. And a lot of reasonable people, reasonable people said. Uh, including me, it feels like you know, they'd be lucky, they'll be lucky or fortunate, or I'll be tickled if they win one of those two games. But I'm not counting on it, and that's exactly what happened. I don't think they're as bad as they look or seem. Um, and trust me, I was I was I was there uh, to to, uh, to see. Once Nebraska started off well, especially on their first drive, of course, again Sims fumbled toward the end of the drive. They were marching on Colorado and shutting that crowd up and it felt great like it would have been so awesome to watch nebraska go in there and win after what colorado had done and what they had been for a whole week and to see fox and all their crew urban meyer everybody gus johnson my god does gus love dion it would have been awesome to see them shut all of that up and all of that down it would have been great because dion is if you're his opponent And a lot of people just make themselves Dion's opponent, but if you're his actual opponent, it's like, yeah, it'd be great to shut that motherfucker up, like, of course. But you can't, like, once you watch it and up front for two weeks, like I watched both of those games, I'm just like, gotta hand it to him. I mean, like, what else are you you gonna do? And they're gonna go to the—I don't know if they're gonna go to the college football playoff or what they're gonna do in the Pac-12 or not. But it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of cool to see. Uh, I did though get a chuckle out of the uh, the the thing with the reporter after TCU. And I, it was, I, was that Ed or he was? Apparently, talking to he you? to Edwarder I saw what you wrote. I yeah. saw what he wrote. you wrote. Well, Werder's well, like, was, I cover the Cowboys, dude. Yeah. I don't read anything about you. Well, well, he was asking somebody, Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? It's like, yeah. it's not, I'm a reporter. It's not my job to tell you if I believe or not. Like, I, I don't have to answer that question. I don't, know, you, I like, don't know about that. Like, I like right, Bo Polini asked me one time. We're not cheerleaders. I asked, I asked Bo after a game
1: about a play, a controversial call. And Bo was like, What do you think? Yeah, that's told I told him what I thought. I hate it when a reporters. like, it's not He asks you a question. Answer it. Yeah, yeah. If you expect him to answer your questions, and you so better reporter, answer his questions.
0: Well, what if? The, well, my answer as a reporter. I would have answered
1: him. Whatever, like,
0: whatever your truth is. Do you would, believe or don't you believe? I answer him. Well, answer it, him. Is it a yes or no question? Because my answer would have been, you looked really good today. I can't... Okay. I, I'm not going to believe you. I'm not going to believe you are this then or say that. Then say, I believe more game. today than I did yesterday. So... Answer. Okay.
1: So I then. hate it when reporters play that, I'm not... Dip dip, I don't want to... Answer the fucking question. Most reporters... If he's got to
0: answer your questions, you got to answer it. Most reporters don't say anything. They yeah, just that's what I'm They sit there they like, mean, and Well, partly because they're letting no the coach set himself on fire. All right. Um... Speaking of turning, puking all over themselves and turning the ball over, the Vikings. Man, I wasn't surprised. Wow, disappointed. Is it just? Be, is this just the law of averages? Things they got so lucky, uh, eleven well, and 0, well, well, first of all, one why, score games last why, year. Why would they
1: be better this year? Really, I mean, a new defensive coordinator. I get it, but you know, there's they lost some dudes on a defense that wasn't very good to begin with. Yeah, you brought in a good coordinator, but he's got to have some players to work with they draft another receiver in the first round and he's good we saw he had a good first game but you know I'm not sold on Madison at running back the offensive line is still a question mark and then two guys got hurt uh I I just think there's so many question marks on this team that as you and I at least have been saying since this time last year they're not as good as they're not they just aren't a 13 and 14 you know that was a 10 and 17 at best you know and it's, I think every Vikings fan understands that. And because have you ever seen Vikings fans jump ship as quickly as they appear to be this year? I mean... Jump ship? Yeah. After, I mean, again, you and I both, you're more in Husker land. Maybe I'm more in Viking land. But they lose that game and everyone's like, you know, tank. Time to tank. You know, trade cousins or whatever. You know, last night when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they are like, the cousins cousins. like trade cousins. Trade him to the Jets. Seriously? Why are you acting like that's surprising? This isn't a good football team. <laughs> and they just lost... I don't think it's a bad they football They just team. lost
0: one of the few games on their schedule that you yeah. kind of had to win. A home game against a not very good team. Uh, no, it's it's a bad loss. I, I, I wrote it in all caps, pathetic loss. That was my one tweet from the game. And I'm, I'm going into this season but... thinking the Vikings are... Maybe a nine or ten win team if they yeah. get lucky again, and that was definitely and that's including this one. And that was oh, that was definitely one of those nine or ten yeah. wins. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's terrible because yeah. Tampa's not going. They be and now good. They got. They going to go beat the Eagles yeah. in two nights. Yeah, with the, yeah. you know, are there Darnell and Bradbury going to play? I mean, well, they got slaughtered there. Same situation last year. It's not going to be good. It's funny. I was just uh, reminded as Facebook reminds us of things last year. It reminded me that I was doing, I was doing the sports for Dakota News Now, doing the highlights of the Packers-Vikings game, and uh, the situation was, uh, my my lead into showing the highlights was, what a perfect time for Kevin O'Connell to get his first win as Vikings head coach, because at the time, uh, Devontae Adams was hurt, two Packers linemen were hurt. And it was, and, the, and the game was in Minnesota and it was just like it was just a perfect time to eat the Packers alive. Were the Vikings that much better than Green Bay last year? Uh, no, but they destroyed them that day because it was it was just kind of perfect. To, it
1: a, dropped a free touchdown in the first quarter. It was an that. example
0: of some of how that's right of how uh, there was a there was a bit of a horseshoe last year. They and it wasn't total pure luck. It. It was a good team. It was a potent offense. Were they nine and zero in one score games? Eleven and zero, t- like yeah. NFL record. Uh, but but I still thought that they had the worst defense in the league. The offense wasn't isn't going to take too many steps back, if any. I don't think anybody thinks losing Dalvin Cook is going to be or, or will be a detrimental effect. And because uh, that's not an offense that really highlights the running back anyway, and didn't have to, and didn't last year. So well, I mean, I st- I, but, so I wasn't gonna. If predict- week one was any indication,
1: Kirk Cousins might set NFL records this year in completions, attempts, and pass three hundred yards at
0: halftime. Yeah, you
1: know. Yeah, it's, and it's not, that well, usually only happens when you're losing. For,
0: that you was know. a. That was a. Phenomenal game for cousins detractors because it's like, look, there's your example yeah, of 340 like, yards, a zillion and two yards, that doesn't and, yeah. amount to anything.
1: So, I, I didn't think he played. I, yeah. That was a vintage Kirk Cousins game. He wasn't the problem. He wasn't the solution. You know, just that's yeah. kind of been my mo on cousins from the, since he's been a Viking. Right. He's not the the problem with this team, but. He ain't covering up any
0: deficiencies either. I don't know. I'm not ready to say a reckoning is coming. 0 and 2 is coming, and that's usually you hear all those stats. All the time. they're going right. to tell you're going to hear it. Right. You know, whatever. How many? Right. Ever many percentage of teams go 0 and 2 and make the playoffs? It's not. But it's not somebody about. Somebody does it every year. You know. uh, so it might happen. I'm not ready to say they're going to be lousy this year, or or even to still say like a lot of people are, like a reckoning is coming or the law of averages. Well, is but right?
1: what a lot of Vikings fans, myself included, are struggling with I guess is how long are we can keep doing this where every year you're between six and ten and ten and six or I guess now it's seven and ten, ten and seven. Like that's been the problem with the Vikings for so long is they're always pretty good. But they're never I'd say never they've been to the championship game but like they build up for these runs where they go to the championship game and you genuinely think this is a Super Bowl team and they don't make it and then instead of and I'm not saying they should necessarily have a fire sale because maybe you're good enough to, to make another run, like in '99 they were. Um, but if you're if your worst seasons every year are six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight, well, then you don't get a chance to draft. Generally, these you know franchise players, these game-changing type of players. Now, you know, Pat Mahomes is taking 10th, Aaron Rodgers is taking 17th, so those those things can happen. Um, but. I think Vikings fans are kind of reaching a point and now this loss is kind of making everyone go maybe this is the time to go maybe it's time that we all suck it up and slog through a 3-14 and 14 to get a top pick.
0: They're not nearly bad enough to do that. No,
1: I, I completely agree. <laughs> and that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Like Vikings fans are going God damn it. I don't want to go seven and ten again.
0: I don't know. You don't get anything out of that. I don't know who who these Vikings fans are. A lot. That All I, of them. Have you ever I, met one? I have. I've met many. I've, I've lived around. Paul Serena. Allen is not a Vikings fan. I'm not. I am not even <laughs> channeling Paul Allen. I was even thinking about him right now. I know plenty. Of, I know Vikings fans who are just happy with being kind of good I mean, and kind of having a reasonable shot, and they would rather live in this. They would rather live in this existence. Than ever go three overall, and fourteen. Overall,
1: I would too. But I, 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 and I think almost all Vikings fans would suffer one of those seasons. You don't don't get into a a funk where you're, the, you know, the oh. Cleveland Browns of a few years ago, where you don't, you know, when you know three four games over a three four year span, nobody wants that. But again, it just, you know, you you wonder if you're causing more harm than good by having those those middling seasons where you're six and ten, seven and nine. Now, may, maybe not because. As I just said, a lot of great players are taken, you know, after the first round, let alone, you know, back half of the first round. But, you know, the Vikings haven't had a... If, if you believe that it's all about the quarterback, and it's hard not to, Vikings but, really haven't had... They haven't had a chance to draft a franchise quarterback really ever. They reached for Christian Ponder. That didn't work yep. out. And even that was what they took taken 12th, I think, something like that. Yeah, that was about... Yeah, Dante Culpepper is the last one that they, you know and he worked out and you know if he hadn't got hurt who knows what would have happened but it's just you know it'd be nice i guess to to see if they could if they could make a run in an actual super bowl if they went through and i'm just talking about getting a quarterback going through a, an actual rebuild they haven't really done that in a Ooh, long
0: time. But, so, and, and you would mind that three, four years for it to rebuild? Like well, it that? doesn't necessarily have to be three, I four guess. years. But you have to at least have that one shitty season. If you—that's I, I what I'm saying. I, I don't think it's worth I can it. Stomach one of those? I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's worth it because you don't know how many teams have gone through those shitty seasons and it never worked De- right. out. Detroit over right. and over right. again uh, right. is one good right. answer. So you don't. You don't know if
1: that's ever going to actually right. work or out. We've in your seen favor. it in, in baseball teams. That I mean lose 100 games five years in a row
0: and they keep drafting terrible players so it never the worm never turns so to speak. You and I have had this discussion a million times and of course my, I'm a Chiefs fan and the Chiefs were the Vikings AFC equivalent Absolutely. until they had a generational quarterback and that guy was taken as you just mentioned 10th. It, it, it Everything seemed to happen to strike gold it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes it was happening to have Andy Reid as yeah. you know, his coach as well. Um and and it's just it's just weird being on the other side. It just seems so easy, like yeah, that's <laughs> all you got to do. Yeah, you know. But uh, the the cloud's still hanging over you. Um, and then one last thing, because while we've been talking, the replay of last night's Jets Bills game has been playing. Oh, I've been right, watching the Lakers right, right, Rockets from okay. two thousand nine. Okay, well you're on that <laughs> that's the TV on NBA TV here at Gateway. I'm on NFL Network. Last night's Jets game. All right. But, like, Rodgers, out, season. That's got to be, especially now that he's not with the Packers, you're a Vikings fan. If he was on the Packers, I would have enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Uh, The Jets, I was like, oh, man, come on. Yeah. And plus, I watched all of uh, Hard Knocks, and I find Aaron Rodgers kind of hard to dislike. Um, I don't agree with all of his weirdness, uh, but he seems like a pretty genuine person Mm -hmm. and really impressed with how he... Uh, interacts with teammates, his coaches, how he mentored Zach Wilson all through the preseason. Um, and, you know, the Jets are been terrible and cursed forever. Yeah, there's a part of that's like, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to see the Jets have a decent season. Their fans get rewarded. Um, and just also, it's, you know, that was going to be one of the big stories in the NFL this year. How many primetime games are the Jets scheduled for? Like six or seven or something. There's a bunch of network executives right now going, oh, God. And, I mean, he didn't even – I don't think he even completed a pass as a Jet. You know, and this is – I mean, a ruptured Achilles. We're talking – there's no hope of him playing this year, and it's going to be
0: a hell hell of a rehab to be able to play next year, and he's 40 years old. I just think it sucks that the NFL and NFL fans are deprived – of Aaron Rodgers, for and season. what was going to be one of the biggest storylines all year long? Yeah, I mean, I was it, whether you love him or hate him, I found
1: myself actually going, "Like, please don't
0: tell me yeah. it's just a yeah. high ankle sprain or a, you know." Even if you love to root against him, what fun is it to watch the Jets now? If you yeah. hated Aaron Rodgers and you're just hoping for them to lose? But by the way, did you hear or see about the uh, the bar? Yes, in yeah, in exactly. in Wisconsin, I retweeted this. Um, the, yeah, there was a bar in Wisconsin who was going to buy, I think, three beers if the Jets lost. Three beers of the Jets lost. <laughs> and then when he got hurt, everyone was rooting for them to lose and racking up a beer tab.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then the news, the news station that was there covering it, went live. <laughs> the reporter was at the bar. Once they had lost, and they caught the actual live images of these fuckers. These, you could see some of their leery eyed looking at their
1: <laughs> tabs, like, what is that? they oh, like, no. yeah,
0: fucker, you owe that. You gotta pay that. <laughs> All right, that would never happen here at the Gateway Lounge because everything is so reasonably priced, and you're gonna have a great time no matter what happens. And this is the best place to watch football, whether it's a Saturday or Sunday or any day of the week. There, we made it through with this little phone. Not too shabby. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You Have (laughs) you no real drink? Yes.